Hello everyone, this is Holly Gilbert Stowell, your host of Security Management Highlights. For the April podcast, we spoke with Jennifer Hesterman, retired U.S. Air Force Colonel, about hardening soft targets. We couldn't fit everything we talked about into one episode, so in this month's bonus track, we're providing more from our conversation. I asked her about the psychological element behind hardening soft targets and what business owners and individuals tend to think about being possibly attacked. Some people think it can't happen to them. You know, they think they're they're individually, they're not vulnerable, like nothing bad can ever happen to me kind of a thing. And some of it, you have to psychologically think that. And certainly when I lived in the Middle East for two years, I lived my life. You know, I traveled all over, I shopped in the souks. And so in my mind, I knew I could be a target, obviously for kidnapping or for anything. But a lot of times in our minds, we don't want to walk around and live our life thinking that we're potentially going to be attacked that day. But if you look at the Brussels attack, Americans were targeted in Brussels. That attack may have happened in Brussels, but Americans were definitely targeted. The bomb in the airport that went off at the American, I think it was American United and Delta area, the check-in for that flight is 8 o'clock in the morning. That flight goes to Philadelphia. So those were Americans. The Metro stop that they hit was about a mile from the stop for the U.S. Embassy. There were a lot of American companies at that stop. So Americans were definitely in the forefront of this attack, and this is a little bit of a shift in tactic, although if we think about the Paris attack, the concert venue, that was an American band in there, so we could say that potentially Americans were singled out and targeted there as well. So we need to look at every ISIS attack, and people in my field, you know, we tear it apart. We look at how they're morphing and changing their tactics. They certainly alter from attack to attack. They know what works. They know what fails. So we need to keep an eye on that here in the States. I tell people, don't look away from these attacks, but dig, dig deep inside and watch the videos. I, I watched videos from inside the Westgate Mall. I wasn't watching the attackers. I was watching the civilians, the citizens, the shoppers to see what was their response. And one thing I saw there was they immediately hunkered down. When some of them actually had a clear path to escape the mall, they, they chose to hide. And I think the mentality was this is going to be over fast whereas it lasted four days. So people need to think long-term that these attacks could go on and on. They need to be prepared for that. And in the facilities, a lot of times the business owners don't think about having like a safe room, you know, or a little crisis management center where they would go to uh, with their employees and maybe there would be water, food, phone chargers, things like that. You know, they need to be prepared for a long attack and not think that it's going to be over quickly because in some of these ISIS attacks, they're taking hostages now, as they did in the theater with what team negotiated back and forth, and then they realized there's really nothing for them to negotiate. They were just stalling. They were in charge. They had the power in that moment because they were talking to the SWAT team instead of them actually going in and neutralizing the situations. So what can individuals do to harden themselves before going into a soft target venue? What advice would you give? Well, I think part of the issue with targets is that the civilians are the first responders. Civilians are the ones on the scene after the attack. They have to take care of themselves. You know, they could be injured. They have to take care of people around them. In the Bataclan theater attack in Paris, it was 17 minutes before the first policeman pulled up out front and 90 people were already dead. The problem was he couldn't get there. The streets were clogged. You know, it was a multi-pronged attack. People were panicked. Um, the press was out in the streets. And the responding Law enforcement could not even get to the theater for 17 minutes, and so already 90 people were dead. And if you think about what was happening inside with people hiding, trying to help each other, trying to do self-care if they were injured. And so what I tell people when I go out is that you're the new first responder. You cannot rely on someone to show up to take care of you and save you. So you need to think through things like first aid and buddy care, as we call it in the military. You need to think through how you're going to hide, how you're going to run. 
if you have a chance to take out the attacker, will you do that? It's hard for civilians to go there in their mind to think that they're combatants, really, and that they need to protect themselves. But most of these mass shootings in the U.S., they're over before law enforcement even rolls up to the scene. So civilians are the new first responders, and we really need to educate them on the threat. And, and I like to say that when we educate them, it lessens their fear. I, I feel like in our country that a lot of times we don't share the threat with our civilians because we don't want to scare them. A lot of times in the news, you know, there'll be some mass soft target attack overseas, and there'll barely be anything in our news about it. So I feel like the more we educate them, it actually lessens their fear because they know they can protect themselves. They know they can take care of their families. They can take care of their businesses and their churches and schools and hospitals. So when I get out and I educate civilians, they thank me. They don't, they're not afraid. Um, it makes them stronger. So it makes them force multipliers to law enforcement. So when you go into a um, concert hall, a mall, a stadium, we need to look for the escape exits. And I know a lot of us do because we're security professionals. But again, we're talking about civilians who don't think about security in the forefront of their mind like we do. Even before you go to a venue, like I said, with the Bataclan concert hall, just looking at where the two emergency exits were, that would make me nervous. If my daughter wanted to go to a concert there, I would be nervous about that. If I did go there, I would be careful to be by those exits. I would think through it. So a little more preparation when we go out and live our life, I think, um, would go a long way toward protecting ourselves. So you mentioned that the Belgian attacks seem to have targeted Americans specifically. Do you think because of that the United States is taking the threat of ISIS even more seriously? After the Belgium attacks, I think people realize, like, it's getting closer to us because when something happens in Pakistan, it just seems so far away, you know. Paris hit home, and now Brussels, and of course London's been hit a couple times already. I think people realize it's really a matter of time. The FBI is working a thousand ISIS cases right now, and the think tank that I'm associated with here, I'm a senior fellow at GW with their Homeland Security think tank, and they are keeping track of all the ISIS cases in the U.S., and if you go to their website, they list all of the people who've been prosecuted already that are in jail in the U.S. that are ISIS sympathizers, and the FBI told us that they have a thousand cases that they're working right now, so we're fully to think that this isn't going to happen here we can try to just wish it away. We really just need to take action now. Earlier in our conversation, we spoke about how the Middle East approaches security with coast-centric circles of defense as opposed to one checkpoint that's close to or even inside the target, such as an airport security line. Do you think there's a way the West can ever start to approach security in a similar fashion? Well, in hospitals, you know, it's interesting in the Middle East. You know, if you if you have an emergency and someone could be bleeding out in your back seat, if you drive up, you cannot pull up to an emergency room at a hospital in the Middle East. You're stopped at a checkpoint. Again, it's far away from the building. And you pop your hood, you pop your trunk, uh, you know, they check it out to make sure it is an emergency. So the best thing is, you know, you don't drive an emergency room. You call an ambulance. And the ambulance gets cleared right in. So it just you have to change your culture. You have to change your way of life if you really want to to secure these facilities and you have to change the way that you're a customer. You know, it's really a cultural change. It's a mindset. A lot of people focus on physical security, like fences and cameras and everything. And I tell them it's so much more than that with soft targets. It's really a mental and behavioral thing just as much as it is a physical hardening. That does it for this month's bonus episode. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss any material. I'm your host, Holly Gilbert Stowell. Thanks so much for tuning in.